I'm amazed how many people own stocks. Welcome to the Playing Footsie Podcast. My name's Paul, and each episode, me and the lads get together to talk about the stocks, stock market news, and finance in general. Quick disclaimer, you shouldn't consider anything in this podcast as personal financial advice. If you need such advice, go to a financial advisor. And please remember, when investing in any form, your capital is at risk. So sit back, relax, and let the lads fill you in with all the stock market news of the week. The sucker's going up. <laughs> oh, fancy! Did you see? Um, did you see? Just before we start, the um, the uh, a guide to making money on OnlyFans was all about feet. And this woman said, um, "I really want to be. I really want to be one of those foot models. That'd be really good." I'm keeping this in, by the way, so don't worry about it. Really Welcome be to the plane, fancy. <laughs> I really want to be a foot model, so they're like, oh, cool. So they made her watch Pornhub and watch all the kind of foot, foot, foot fetishy stuff. And she decided, right, right, okay, I've got an idea of what it is that the people who like feet really want to see. So she decided she would trample into some jelly. That's what they want to see. So they poured some <laughs> jelly on a mat and filmed it. She went trampling in it. And her mate, who was like, oh, I've got an iron stomach. I'll be all right filming this, went and had to vomit in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Is this a... Is this a TV show or something? Channel 4, yesterday, I think it was. Wow, wow. How to win on OnlyFans or, or whatever it was. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I did see something else on OnlyFans the other day. I forgot. Yeah. Welcome back, everyone, to the Play Footsie podcast. <laughs> uh, this is the Midweek Footsie, and that's what we talk about right before the... <laughs> so, so I'm keeping this in. I'm doing that intro right there just so we keep all of that in of uh, Steve D talking about feet. Because um, I'm not the only one that talks about feet every week. This week, we have a lot to talk about with the... Uh, questions. So the midweek footsie is uh, a bit where we take on your questions and uh, we kind of, we don't really do any research into them beforehand. We just kind of answer them as quick as we can and give our opinions on what I've been said. And this week we have a message from Dave C. What? Thank you very much, Dave C, for, uh, for leaving your question. Do you guys pick individual stocks because you believe you'll beat the market over the long term? Or are there any other reasons for why you take this approach? So this is the classic, can you beat the market thing? Are you are you ignorant enough to think that you can beat index funds? Uh, and is that why you pick stocks? Um, I'm sure we've got our own opinions on this. Who wants to go first? Me, pick me. Uh, I, I'm <laughs> ignorant enough to think I can beat the market, but it isn't my sole aim. But I, I'm going to take umbrage with a few, a few things that indexes uh, and spe- specifically companies like iShares and um, JP Morgan and um, Vanguard do. And that what they try and do is scare you down the route of index investing only. Now there are a lot of really, really good investors out there. And uh, there are a lot of people who can give you advice on how they think to beat the market, but they all say the same thing. And the reason why retail investors don't beat the market is time. Um, They don't use the tool that they have, their best tool, to their advantage. They're in and out of stocks. They overtrade. They sell when they shouldn't be selling. They buy when they shouldn't be buying. And um, indexes are are a way to mitigate that, uh, or so we're told. Um, so I believe that the vast majority of hedge fund managers don't beat the market because they have to, and we're seeing this a lot with ARK at the moment, is they're not allowed to express their ability to pick stocks over time. 
we would quite happily acknowledge that nobody has any idea what's going to happen in the next 12 months but hedge fund managers are judged from that and hedge funds and and uh, and funds and mutual funds are closed because they don't perform in 12 months to get massive outflows pay for the outflows they have to sell down shit and they end up um they end up in a in a bit of a pickle so that's my main issue is there's a lot of marketing about how bad retail investors are and i think there's a there's a lot more nuance to that um than than what we're being what we're being told essentially so i invest in growth stocks growth stocks are having a pretty bad year um it's an opportunity for me to accumulate an asset cheaper than i was accumulating it last year so i'm happy to do that um i i'm an avid follower of david gardner he tells me it's possible to beat the market i i believe him he's got the proof to do it um I loosely apply his his um, his plan essentially to uh, buying stocks, although I, I do try and apply a bit of my own brain to it as well because I think loosely following people is a, a, a another issue onto itself. But saying all of that to say that I don't really care if I only get six percent a year or five percent a year because I really enjoy it. And the reason I pick stocks is that I find it really, really fun. I love talking about it. I love looking at companies. I love buying them. I like selling them when they make a lot of money. I like cutting them when they're red and buying more companies that go down. That's all great fun. And I think it maximizes by, there's no way I'd be putting my ISA limit in. If you're telling me, oh, I'm just putting in the boring S&P, I'm putting in VWRL, I would never, ever put £20,000 where you'd never see it. I'll put five away, uh, buy sweets with the rest of it and PlayStation games and stuff on only fans uh, <laughs> i don't know what do you guys think oh so, you have covered a lot of the reasons there you've covered a lot he's been very greedy i think <laughs> i wonder about how uh how much of an idiot you have to think you are to beat the s p uh, or to beat the market so one of the things that is kind of pointed out to us is that look a lot of people will try and will fail a lot of smart people will try and will fail but another thing that's also pointed out to us is there's a kind of famous example of uh, monkeys picking random stocks and so on and outperforming the market. And is it really that much kind of arrogance to think, yeah, sure. I mean, at worst, I've got a random shot at this. I don't think I'm actively picking out terrible companies here. And monkeys randomly picking things win uh, a lot of the time. So I, I wonder whether it's anymore. quite as arrogant just, uh, as we... Can I just, can I interrupt? Sorry, go on. Can I interrupt there? It's it's not monkeys anymore. The hamster died, and uh, oh. the, very recently. So I just want to pay homage to Hammy the hamster. I can't remember what his name was. He's the hamster that was picking the stocks. Uh, uh, beating Buffett, famously beat Buffett in the crypto market. That was what I'm saying. So sorry, uh, sorry to to interrupt your riff there. Um, you get the general idea. I don't think it's necessarily a, a massive <laughs> amount of kind of bigging yourself up. Uh, in order to think that you might outperform either a hamster or a collection of monkeys or anything else, or at least that you just have a decent chance if you try and pick your own stocks here. I think one of the things that gets confused here, which is similar to Steve's thought uh, and his good PR for index companies, is uh, Buffett, of course, had his famous bet uh, against the hedge funds that anyone could select any kind of set of funds or funds of funds that they wanted. He would take the unmanaged S&P over a period of time and he bet that he would win. Uh, and he did win. Um, so it shows that kind of hand-selecting hedge funds may well not be the way to go. But it's not my intention to hand-select hedge funds. It's my intention to hand-select stocks. And here's one big difference. Stocks don't charge you fees in the same way that hedge funds do uh, to hold them. And I think that's an important part of uh, Buffett's kind of rationale. When you listen to his sort of 
uh, reasons for thinking this, he'd said, look, I'll just take the S&P and I will compete against the hedge funds net of expenses. So net of costs after you've subtracted fees and so on. So once you've taken your kind of two and 20 and delivered your return like that, that's when we see where we're uh, kind of at in this situation. And if you immediately put yourself at a disadvantage, uh, then yeah, uh, you will find it very hard to outperform the S&P like that. I say put yourself at a disadvantage. I mean by taking fees, which obviously helps you quite a lot if you're the hedge fund manager here. Uh, so I don't think the prospects of beating the market are as bad as people seem to kind of think they are. I think the market is very expensive at the moment. I'm looking at the kind of uh, Schiller, so cyclicality adjusted price earnings. It's up near 40 at the time that I'm speaking at the moment. Historically, returns from the market there aren't great. Um, maybe this time's different. Maybe this time's not different. But the markets do tend to struggle Ooh. when they get up around these kind of areas. Um, are you all right, Paul? Have you sat on something? Oh, it's just uh, you, you said the scary words, didn't you? And uh, it always makes me shiver every single time that we hear that because I get I get commented that, believe it or not, on the comments on the videos. I get someone ooh, every couple of weeks just going, but this time it's different. And oh, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I, I'm not I'm not qualified enough to say anything to them yet because I've never been through a serious crash, not in my opinion anyway. And, um, yeah, it's just, just something that people, there are others out there, which just shout it from the rooftops. They go, you're an idiot for thinking this time, this time it's different. And, uh, yeah. So the main reason why you pick stocks rather than just, just to sum it up, the main reason why you pick stocks. I don't think the idea that you will outperform the indexes is as crazy as people think it is. And I don't think you have to be as good as people kind of claim you are. I'm not saying that. No, no, I really am in the, in the minority that can do it uh, or that I have kind of special information or I'm really, really good at this sort of thing. There's a little bit of enjoyment as there is from Steve, but I don't think it's as big a claim to say you'll outperform uh, buying an index, especially the S&P uh, as an index for the moment, than uh, most people seem to think. Uh, yeah, so from my point of view, and, and Steve D covered a lot of it already, I've made videos on this in the past, so... Uh, it's it's all out there. Number one reason was that I started and I found index uh, index investing incredibly boring, and it was very hard to just put fifty to thirty to fifty percent of my income every month into Hargreaves Lansdowne and just let something like build this money for me. And and it, when when you do something like that, there's a there's a lack of control there, and I understand the the historical value of of the SP 500, but there's there's a lack of control there. And what people start to see when they are only in the index funds is they start to see, or they start to make judgments, even though they're not supposed to. They're supposed to just buy, hold forever. They do. It's human nature. It's behavioral nature for you to start making judgments. And once they see things like interest rate hikes or China, China starting to to fall apart a little bit. They do make decisions and they do sell and they do get worried. They see a hundred grand and go, and and I will do this when when I get to a hundred grand. I will look at a hundred grand and go, fuck that'll pay off my mortgage. I should probably sell everything right now and pay off my mortgage. They they do make these decisions and I I that's my that's my next big one for me. My behavioral finance thing that I'm going to have to get over is getting to that point and going, wow, I could have a bit of financial freedom here just by paying off my mortgage. But I potentially might be interrupting comp compounding at that point. Anyway, 
so that's that's the first thing is I don't find it interesting and it allows it it kind of forces the the investor to start thinking about macroeconomics, which is what you don't want to be thinking about when you're investing. You want to be thinking about the companies that you're buying and the and the status of the companies that, that you're buying. The second one is exactly the same as what Stevie said. Uh, and it comes down to behavioral again. Um, people don't beat the market, not because they don't pick the right stocks, because generally it's quite easy to pick some of the stocks. I'm, I'm quite a big believer, and I'd love to try it one day once Trading 212 opens up its uh, ceiling for the pies to be able to invest in the 520 stocks that are in the S&P 500 and then just delete some of the ones which I don't think are going to do very well, you know, tobacco stocks and things like that. Just just edit those ones out and think, okay, maybe I don't think that one's going to do. Maybe A&T, AT&T is too much of a risk in that situation. And then delete that one out. And and maybe at that point, you just etch out the market. But the 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 um, the, the the evidence is out there. I refer to, is it Joel Greenblatt, Magic Formula? Joel Greenblatt mm-hmm. did the yep. Magic Formula? So he, he did his... Um, they did their uh, examination of this, and and they pick stocks based on what what they call the magic formula. Uh, I can't remember the magic formula off the top of my head. It's something to do with. Can you have you got it? Yeah. Go on, so go it. it's basically a function of a return on capital as a measurement. So you're looking for a business of a certain quality and investment. a price earnings multiple, basically. Yeah. So so uh, he he led an index based on based on that and they did the they did the research on it and they found that the people that did not make money in that in that index were the people that sold out at the, sold out at the bottom and bought at the top because they still even in their behavioral they they still couldn't just hold buy and hold and for, from all the research that I've done and all the reading that I've done about it it seems that picking stocks isn't that hard i mean you you can pick you can certainly pick better stocks and you can pick worse stocks but beating the market doesn't sound that hard the hardest part is people getting a bit of cold feet and selling out at the wrong times and that traditionally is what i've read to be the the thing that kills the investor i I think i made a video a long time ago why they've why the average investor lose money and it seems to be they buy and sell at the wrong times and i'm just repeating for all you that's what for all tells you said he's made a lot of mistakes in investing and the best the worst mistakes all start with the word i sold yeah, um, the only thing about Feraldi, and I wanted, to, uh, I was going to bring that up at the start. Feraldi has the majority of his uh, money in in index funds. Uh, I think it's like sixty percent of his funds are in index funds, and then he has his uh, excellent stock picking ability on the outside. So um, that's according to an interview I saw with him a couple of months ago. Uh, he he was very open about that most of his uh, most of his money is actually in index funds, but. For still, like you say, I sold is is the is the start of all mistakes. And uh, yeah, I, do I believe it? Do I believe I can personally beat the market? Well, Sven Sven when he was on the show told me I could, so I'm I'm going to try. Let's see how. And so far, I am by about one percent mm. at the moment. That's that. I'm up by about one percent at the moment. Um, but it seems to be like you say all down to behavioral finance and and that's why that's my thinking and that's 
where I'm going with the YouTube channel. So a couple of quick ideas on that sort of thing. I mean, Sven has um, a quite a broad top 1%, if that makes any sense. I mean, he thinks that anyone, he said in his recent video, uh, that has been thinking about stocks more or less in any kind of level of detail at all is in that sort of upper... 1%. He has this idea of a kind of vast class of people who have no interest in markets. He might be right, he might be wrong about that. But he thinks the kind of bar for being slightly better than the average and good enough to pick stocks is, is much lower than most people who, who think about it a lot uh, think it is. Because I guess it's probably been true of all three of us at some point, certainly, that the more we know or the more we find out, the more we realise we don't know. So I think, oh, hell, mm. there's also these other kind of things that go on at a company. And I've never thought about any of these things. I need to tear up my entire portfolio and start again because I don't know anything. And you need to kind of calm down and hang on in that situation. Um, like Feroldi, though, I'm also mostly in index funds, or at least my biggest single holding is an index fund. It's a V World Tracker. And I have an idea that I'm going to outperform with it. And here is why. Um, it's shoved in my lifetime ISA, so I'm going to get a 25% push off the government. Uh, and then I'm going to bang it in that market, and I'm going to pay, admittedly, some sort of fund-related small fee things. But I don't think they're going to take back my 25%, so I think I'm going to end up further ahead than if I tried sticking it into an index kind of by itself. That's my kind of slightly sneaky plan for outperforming the market by using a kind of government push start. <laughs> um, you might think that's yeah. not really in the spirit of outperforming, but if people offering me 25%, I'll take 25%. I thought, I thought you didn't like government-backed businesses. I like government-backed businesses. <laughs> I, I, it can't go anywhere, is, uh, is the idea for it, I think. <laughs> but what if you just put, uh, put in your lifetime, I say you just put it into the stocks? You, you, and you gain 25% on all your stocks. See, essentially, if you bought on Microsoft, you'd, you'd outperform Microsoft by 25%. Well, uh, I might. I get charged bigger fees with Hargreaves Lansdowne on buying a stock than I do on buying no. a fund. Um, I would need to work that out a bit more carefully. Uh, so that may or may not be true. And uh, we record both this and the long version in the same evening. And as we might have just started to realize so far, my maths ain't necessarily all that for working out at what levels I would kind of break <laughs> even against Microsoft with my 25% push start. It's much more straightforward for me uh, to stick it into an index. And the largest single thing I hold is an index. It is the Vanguard world thingamy. I own some other funds in there as well. Yeah, so uh, thank you, Dave C, for that for that question. Uh, it's very nice of you to ask. And the answer is yes. We all believe we can smash the fucking market to bits. So um, that is essentially what we've said because market to bits. <laughs> so yeah uh, we we do believe we can meet, beat the market and we are willing to put the time in to to try that and we don't believe it's that hard i think that's that's basically what we said in a very yeah. horrible discuss it discuss it oh, here we go again yeah. steve's steve's job on the comment section again yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> look at these look at these idiots thinking they're better than the market blah, 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 get blah. me a t-shirt that says smash so the fucking off. market to bits somewhere <laughs> With Kellogg's, right, here then, I uh, come, market. <laughs> <laughs> well, you Thank preppy, you very much. Preppy oh. indexers, just because you've had a bit of a win recently. It's not my fault <laughs> I'm down 60%. <laughs> behavioural finance. Um, all right, thank you very much, guys, for listening. Uh, and uh, thank you very much for listening to the Midweek Footsie. And we'll see you next week or on Sunday or something. <laughs>
I'm amazed how many people own stocks. I'm amazed how many people own stocks. The sucker's going up. <laughs>